Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today. I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. This is Good Morning New York Real Estate, and I am Vince Rocco. On our show today, building a professional real estate team can be critical for a successful real estate business. Real estate teams work together in helping clients find, buy, and sell or rent properties throughout the process. However, building these teams can be an arduous task and finding the right agents is important to the dynamic of the players involved. There is an old saying, if you are the smartest person in the room, then you are in the wrong room. I love that. <laughs> Applying this an uh, ancient wisdom can be helpful to choosing your team members if you want to hire experts who have more experience and or are even smarter. It keeps you learning and growing. Surround yourself with better. This theory works and makes your team interactions more productive. Also today, how are you branding yourself and sharing real estate market news during this pandemic and crises? And what is the message you are trying to send to your followers? All of this and so much more as Good Morning New York gets underway on this Tuesday morning. We are coming to you live from all of our home offices today. In the news today, before the pandemic went into full force, real estate prices in New York City began to fall while rental prices continued to soar. However, in the last several weeks of the first quarter of this year, the impact of the coronavirus on the New York City marketplace was greater than anyone expected. According to new industry reports, the first quarter of 2020 was squaring up to be another competitive season for home shopping. Once the pandemic changed daily life and social distancing became the new norm, the drop in new sales inventory shows 73% fewer new sales listings added between March 15th and March 29th in the last two weeks of the quarter. Buyer activity also dropped off compared to the first two weeks of March. 58% fewer homes went into contract in the last two full weeks of March. New rentals also fell 52% during this time. Rents did not see much change, but 20% fewer landlords offered discounts on prices. Some landlords have also opted to keep their properties off the market until the pandemic shows or slows down rather. Because of the pandemic, agents, sellers, buyers, and renters have had to alter their behaviors for house hunting. Daily walkthrough videos jumped eight times on rental listings and three times on sales listings. Economic uncertainty is causing understandable hesitation from buyers, sellers, and renters. In the best case scenario, home shopping season has simply been postponed for a few months. With so many uh, variables, including how COVID-19 may spread and other policy and economic reactions to the virus, it is too soon to try and predict what will happen. But if coronavirus does in fact trigger a global recession, we could see prices and buyer activity levels mimic what happened during the 2008 financial crisis. So how will COVID-19 impact the New York City home prices? Looking at what happened during the Great Recession, you saw prices reach a peak in 2008, just before the financial crisis began. But today, prices have been falling already for three years. Supply and demand have slowed due to coronavirus, but home prices haven't changed so much so far. Home prices generally react more slowly to bad economic news than stocks. The stock market crashed in 2008, but housing prices didn't hit bottom until 2011, by which time prices had fallen 15% in Manhattan. Prices have uh, still have to, uh, room to fall. 
Uh, prior to COVID-19, inventory in New York City was at an all-time high. Homes were spending more time on the market and selling for below asking price in most cases. Some 81% of Manhattan homes closed below ask in 2019. But buyers are in a good position these days. Mortgage rates have hit record lows and prices are no longer at their peak. Those who can wait could see even lower prices in the coming months. And as we've talked about on this show, hopefully we will see some sort of a comeback and a bonanza. Today, we're gonna to talk about team building. We're gonna talk about virtual tours of all of these properties that are listed for today and for when we come back. We're gonna talk about your social media strategy uh, and how you are dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. What is the message you are trying to get out there to your followers and your clients? Projections from all of you on New York City real estate hardship and recovery. Where are we, where we're gonna be, where we're gonna land, how we're gonna land uh, is the operative uh, phrase. And quarantine life. We've all been quarantined now for five, six, seven weeks. I hate to even count, but there you have it. So what is it doing to us uh, from a personal perspective. With us today is Louise Phillips Forbes from Halstead, Ari Harkoff from Halstead, Niall Lundgren from Compass, Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Elliman, Phil Horrigan from Freely and Leasebreak.com, Jordan Shea, Douglas Elliman, and the McPeak Thurber team, Sean McPeak, Katie Thurber, and Jordan Marsh, all from Halstead. Good morning to every one of you. Hope you are well, hope you are safe, and help, hope you are smiling this morning. 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 Good morning. Guys. So what's happening out there, everybody? Slowly, surely, some deals are getting done, thank the Lord. I will yeah, say I actually, myself. go ahead, go, go ahead, ahead, Louise. Go, no, go, go. I was just going to say that, you know, holding together what you have and collaborating in no matter who has the leverage, uh, that transparency and your negotiating skills, I think, are really key today. And I think also operating from checking your ego at the door. I am sending a contract out, I'm hoping today, for a townhouse. And I have renegotiated a double-digit townhouse that we have left the table. I was about to get an accepted offer. So I feel like people are pulling their heads out of the sand right now. I think they want to pull their head out of the sands, and slowly I'm seeing the same thing. I actually did a rental deal yesterday, uh, sight unseen, no virtual tour, just my good old skills with telling them what the place looked like and showing them. I mean, you know, school, I was just going to say, Niall, talk about old school, you know, and pull, pulling it out of every place I can find it. And this kid got so excited. He said, yes, I'll take it. I mean, it's $3,500. It's not cheap. Uh, and so leases will go out today and hopefully we'll get the building to agree that he can move in for June 1st. But I think the operative there message there is we're all trying to scramble and do what we have to do to keep our deals going, keep them alive, keep them floating and, and potentially, you know, find new ones if we possibly can. Um, we're going to talk, like I said, about a lot of stuff, most especially about team building today. I want to take a break early. So let's do that. Uh, Good Morning New York is just getting underway on this Tuesday morning. Don't go away. We will be right back after these messages, and we'll talk about teams. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Hi, this is James Nelson. I'm a huge fan of Vince's show, and I'd like to invite you all now to listen to my show on the Voice America Network, Real Estate Investing, live from New York. I will teach you everything you need to know about investing and operating commercial real estate. 
There are hundreds, if not thousands, of TV and radio shows that deal with investing in the stock market, and yet almost none that cover exclusively commercial real estate. This is not a get-rich-quick or how-to-flip-home shows. I will teach you step-by-step how to source, acquire, improve, and profit from commercial real estate. Please tune in live to the Voice America Business Channel every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. Thank you. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We are all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back with a very large uh, group of uh, cast members today, and I want to talk about teams. So building a professional real estate team uh, can be critical for the successful realist, for your successful real estate business if teams are what you're looking for. Real estate teams work together in helping clients find, buy, and sell or rent properties throughout the process, as we said at the top of the show. However, building these teams can be an arduous task, and finding the right agents is important for not only the growth of your team, but also for the dynamic of all of the players involved. Now, uh, with us today are many uh, heads of teams here, but I want to start with you, Sean McPeak, uh, and the McPeak Thurber team. So what, in your opinion, is the, the criteria to building a solid team? You know, we all start individually, and then we decide that we're going to grow uh, into uh, The best advice I ever received when starting a real estate team or, uh, for starting one is, uh, just find people that speak your same language. So uh, in the case of Jordan and Katie, we were all kind of friends on our own before kind of joining forces. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, with, when I say speak the same language, uh, there was a, I was at a real estate conference where the uh, agent had been in a movie production uh, prior to real estate. And she had found that her best agents and the ones that never left her team were the ones who 
were also in real and movie production prior to real estate uh, because they speak the same language, same terminology, perfectionist. And I always found that either was someone like an athlete or someone that I was kind of socially uh, already hanging out with uh, kind of was a better fit for me, you know, because I've had a lot of trial and error. Yeah, well, I think that that's the operative uh, uh, choice sometimes is, you know, the glue that makes the team work, obviously, is the leader. However, when you bring people in, they've got to be, uh, you know, somewhat in tune with what you're thinking. Katie Thurber, welcome back to the show and good to see you today. I'm so happy to be here, Vince. So tell me, what is your impression of, you know, team building? You're on on the McPeak Thurber team, obviously, uh, the partner on this team. What, you know, in, in, in particular, what is it that you look for when you're growing the team? And by the way, how many team members, you know, are necessary? And I know that's a, a wide open question, but, you know, in your opinion. I mean, right now we're at seven people um, and we are looking to expand, I think, moving forward out of this COVID period, I think we'll see a pretty major transition um, with trading of hands of wealth. And I think we will see a pretty big boom. Um, but I think it's really important to have everybody meshing together and their roles very clear. Um, so we do have junior agents, we have agents that are doing referrals only. And then we have clear allocation for marketing, whatever your role is on the team has to be um, fulfilled. Otherwise, it's not going to function. It's like the wheels and the cogs, everything has to feed each other. Yeah, running around in circles for multiple team members certainly doesn't work. <clears throat> Jordan March, welcome uh, to for your first appearance on the show. So how do you feel about being a part of this team? And prior to this, you were on your own, you were in management, you've done a whole bunch of things, real estate. Right. Joining a team means what to you? Um, well, I think joining a team, I think, really means us collaborating on, I think, all of our high skills. I find that everyone has um, some really key differences in like their, their, their experience. I think we um, already are just a fit as far as like our attitude and our synergy. Um, so it definitely feels very organic in the way that we move. But, you know, I think for us, it is, you know, looking at all of our our business development you know, initiatives and seeing exactly, you know, what we want to take initiative on or who wants to take the lead. So, I mean, we very much are a very democratic styled run, you know, team and the fact that like, we're always looking for new things to test, new opportunities, you know, and just having sort of an open forum and open dialogue always, but, you know, in looking for a team, you know, for me, I'm always, you know, just asking myself, are they a behavioral fit? Do they have experience? You know, does a person take initiative? And then really, are they top talent or not? Because I found that um, recruiting versus hiring for like, when I look at top talent, it actually really changes how I approach the conversation where yeah. top talent may need to be like, say, <clears throat> more. Whereas if I'm hiring somebody who's say, you know, starting out, they may have issues from transitioning from jobs. I want to know how much they want the job. You know, there's a certain other things as far as great attitude and, 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 and that sort of high propensity to learn that I'm always looking for as well. So, And I think what, uh, what Sean said earlier too, you know, you all have to like each other. And I've seen most teams I've seen or I've worked with in, in the years that I'm in the business, you know, they, they like each other because I think just like in a friendship group or anything else, you got to start with liking somebody because if you don't, it's just never going to work. The glue isn't going to be there. And then you build upon that. Ari Harkov. So you have a very large team uh, at Halstead and your team is also very successful. Um, what are your thoughts on finding the right 
uh, key players to join your team? Um, sure. I mean, I think, uh, so I'll look at it from a foundational perspective. So the first thing is I think a lot of people build a house without a foundation. So, you know, from my perspective, the first step in building a team is building the, the administrative and operational support to support the agents. I think a lot of people, um, you know, you're a successful agent, you have extra business, you have overflow, and you decide I'm going to, um, I'm going to bring on a junior agent or what have you, you sort of expand that way but you don't build the support under you to allow the team to be truly a team. It ends up being just sort of like a, a cohort or a group of agents. Um, and I think those teams, quote unquote, tend to uh, be a revolving door and, and sadly fall apart. Um, so from my perspective, the first thing that happens with a team is you build the administrative support, the operational, the marketing, what have you. Um, those people are, in my opinion, to be salaried, not commissioned. Um, and then from there, you start to build the sales support based on your business and your needs and where your, you know, your goals are. Um, so, you know, we have 13. I have two full-time uh, assistants. I have two part-time assistants. And then we have a couple in the leasing side and the remainder in the sales side. Um, and we've built it to be an organization uh, rather than kind of like a group of individuals. All right. Talk to me a little bit about autonomy. So, yeah, you, you've got to be all together in sync and you all have different defined roles, as, as Katie said earlier as well. But talk to me about autonomy. How much autonomy do each of these team members have under your leadership? Or is it even is it necessary? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, so I think freedom and autonomy comes from systems. So I'm a big believer in having systems and being able to repeat uh, the way that we send out emails, the way that we run our process from start to finish. And if you set up the right systems and the right repeatable processes, people are then inherently more free and more autonomous. Um, you know, for me, success is defined by the, the least amount of management possible. The more that I'm managing, the more that I'm micromanaging, the more that I'm in the weeds, the less successful the team is because the less time I have to go out and do what I need to do, which is to bring in the business and negotiate the deals. Um, so, you know, the team members are generally autonomous. If they can't be or won't be, then they don't fit well within our culture. The only exception I would say to that is in the first 90 to 180 days, there's a level of ramp up with any new team member. Um, but if you're, yeah. if you're doing everything side by side, you might as well just do it yourself. I hear you. Louise Phillips Forbes, Wheezy. So you have another large team. You've been in business for a long time and with teams for, for probably from the very beginning of teams. Uh, what is your philosophy on, you know, the, the importance of teams and how does it help you um, as the leader of the team get your job done better? Well, I, I think that let me just start off by can I just be Ari? I just want to be Ari. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think that I... I I have had. That's a given, uh, Weezy. That's had, a given. I get it. I have had teams sort of by accident, as you know, my history for 30 years. You know, I started, you know, my business one deal at a time. And I literally, uh, I think partially because of my dyslexia um, and my lack of tech, which, by the way, I have been embracing powerfully as Jordan and Sean and Katie know, as we had a CRM conference call on Sunday. But, um, you know, I have found that Ari is very accurate, that I became 
um, because of how I structured my business and, and, and individuals being an extension of me, that I became a slave to providing their fulfillment of my transactions. So I've had decades of 180, 200 million in sales annually, but I was, um, my systems were not as they should have been and could have been. And I found myself extremely vulnerable, as many of you know, two and a half years ago. So, you know, um, my feeling is that uh, I, I, I have gotten to a place where I have no regrets today because. If we stop learning, then we stop living. And this knowledge uh, and, and, and this sort of agent of disaster that COVID is has been my silver lining to forcing me to sit and own every step of what business decisions I'm making. So I am optimistic that, that as I have this fresh new team that I'm working with, that, that those strengths have always complemented my weaknesses and vice versa, but that I'm doing it much more purposefully instead of a workaround my dyslexia. Yeah. I don't know if that helps. It does. Jordan Shea, so you're part of a very large team at Douglas Elliman and have been for a while. I'm going to ask you the question about your thoughts on finding people who are smarter than you or smarter than the team leader or <laughs> just smarter in the group in general. You're a very smart guy, obviously, all of you are, but uh, so... What does that mean? What does that do to the dynamic of the team? I mean, a lot of people get intimidated with others who might be smarter than them. But, you know, we learned long ago at IBM that it's OK if you're not the smartest guy in the room. Learn from that person and grow. What are your what's your two cents on that? I mean, our situation, we're a little anomalous given our particular size. Uh, that's, you know, what certainly exceeds, uh, I think, every team probably in the city. But even when we were a small team, um, we were very, very intent on only taking people who were strong, talented individuals who were already on the uptick. So that's not necessarily a 15-year agent. That might be a five-year agent or broker who was already very strong and needed to fill in some knowledge gaps or some experience gaps. And that's really what the whole thing was is like identifying talent and and giving it a whirl. And do we miss and did we miss? Certainly we did. But then we, you know, we had our fair share of like very notable successes. You know, Clayton yeah. Rigo is, you know, came before he started Hudson Advisory. He was on our team. Yep. Um, yep. And he learned a lot from us and we learned a lot from him subsequently because he's just, uh, you know, a wonder kid. So, I mean, that's one example of it actually working out in that regard. Now, Lundgren, so you've got a team that you've uh, started uh, several years ago, uh, again, starting individually on your own and growing to a team and again, doing some f fine business. So your thoughts in the one minute we have left. Yeah, I think the biggest thing uh, that I heard was uh, from Ari and uh, creating repeatable systems. Uh, that's one of the biggest uh, ways that I'm able to grow and scale. Um, one thing I wanted to mention is that I found, you know, one of the questions you ask is, where do you find some of the agents and how do you do it? One of the agents actually found me because of this podcast. Um, he followed for about a year, year and a half, and then ended up to getting the courage to uh, hit me up on, on Instagram. And now he's been working with me for about a year and a half. So, um, it, you know, leads kind of come any any different way. And uh, this has been a, a great platform for me. So, um, yeah, appreciate that, Vince. 
<laughs> yeah, and the guy you're referring to is a good guy. All right, we're going to take a break. Good morning, New York is just getting underway on this Tuesday morning. We have more with Tracy, more with Phil, more with the rest of the cast right after these messages, so don't go away. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, this is James Nelson. I'm a huge fan of Vince's show, and I'd like to invite you all now to listen to my show on the Voice America Network, Real Estate Investing, live from New York. I will teach you everything you need to know about investing and operating commercial real estate. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of TV and radio shows that deal with investing in the stock market, and yet almost none that cover exclusively commercial real estate. This is not a get-rich-quick or how-to-flip-home shows. I will teach you step-by-step how to source, acquire, improve, and profit from commercial real estate. Please tune in live to the Voice America Business Channel every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. Thank you. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Everybody, we are back with Louise Phillips Forbes, Ari Harkoff, Now Lundgren, Tracy Hammersley, Phil Horrigan, Jordan Shea, Sean McPeak, Jordan March, and Katie Thurber. All right, so the virus has led to a surge in virtual tours of homes and apartments as real estate deals are trying to be made with social distancing. Obviously, the rule in New York City right now, New York State right now, is that we cannot show. So how effective are these tours? And would you or who do you think would buy or rent without physically seeing a property or uh, a house or an apartment? And as I said, I think before the show started or maybe at the top of the show, I did a rental yesterday out of nowhere on one of my listings. Guy didn't see it, you know, has no clue what it really looks like other than pictures and, and a good conversation. And, he, and he's taking a lease. So but that that might be an anomaly in in a marketplace like this. How how effective guys do you think are these tours? Tracy, what are you seeing in in your book of business with virtual tours? And by the way, in a lot of cases, people aren't set up to do uh, video tours or virtual tours because this pandemic just came crashing down on us. And me, I for one, was not prepared for any of that stuff. So how are you doing this? Um, you know, unfortunately, not a single one of our listings, rental or sale, had any virtual tour or video attached to it. 
prior to this. We have been able to go in depending on relationships with doorman or non-doorman buildings or supers, et cetera. And um, we've been able, I would say our team has rented six or seven apartments just from video tours, which yes, the very low tech tours taken from my teammate Robert's iPhone. Um, we have a couple of sales now that we got an offer from a video tour and then we were able to get back in for FaceTime walkthrough. But um, in many cases, we've had the supers or current tenants um, take tours for us that have been of all over the spectrum in terms of quality and capturing the things the way we'd like. But something is better than nothing in most cases. I, I think we're going to have to be really nice to all of our supers going forward. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah so because they've at least been opening some door. Well, it, it, in some cases, buildings in the buildings that I work in, for the most part, they won't even allow anybody other than residents into the building. So the super can't it's even true. you know, do that for some. But where you can, um, Jordan or Jordan March, are you seeing uh, are you seeing people really interested? I mean, a lot of people have been requesting, but what do you think uh, is really going to be the end game there? Do you think you're going to see offers on apartments just through a virtual tour? Yeah, I mean, look, I think the biggest conversation and the confusion was really, you know, whether or not we found real estate to be an essential business or not, right? And I think when it clarified that some of the activities were considered essential, uh, additionally, obviously, with some caveats, we're finding that this is a solution out of necessity, right? Um, these are people that need to get into a rental, don't really have the, you know, the time of, you know, typically seeing 20, 30 units and, and, and sort of, you know, um, going on the, the month tour to find the perfect home. So we're finding that you know, people do want obviously, you know, transparency, but the videos are just proven to be very valuable. I think even more than we thought they would, um, you know, now that, you know, actual property visits on hold, we're seeing what resources are people going to be using. And I've seen a lot of, you know, either other brokerages, Street Easy rolled out three home tours. And then we have a couple other brokerages that now actually launched their own virtual showing platform. So, you know, despite all the COVID craziness, this is, I think, been a new time to see how do we use technology? How do we use tools to still make sure that we provide value? And uh, we've been able to do some rentals. Um, so like it has come out of, you know, people really requesting and saying, how do we still get access to the properties? We still have to move our lives on. Um, how do we get our lease signings, our applications done and everything done pretty much virtually now, which it's kind of beautiful to see in, a, in an industry that sometimes lacks a lot of innovation, um, especially with conveying, you know, um, videos and, 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 and having that other visual component that still can, of course, of course, inform a client as much as, you know, they wanted before making a decision. Well said, Jordan. Lack of innovation for sure. Katie Thurber, so what are some of the questions that people, clients are asking of you after they may see a virtual tour uh, or a video of something that you guys may have from your team online? What are some of the questions people are asking post-view? I mean, we're finding a lot of people that came to the property originally or wanted yep. to come back and get another tour. Um, so people want really detailed visuals of kitchen, bathroom, um, you know, financials of the building. That's really the most important, but people aren't going to stop having to move. That's something that's always going to happen. Babies are born. People need to move for jobs. The world didn't stop. So we are seeing a lot of business getting done. It's just taking a bit longer than it would have before. Yeah. Um, and I think <clears throat> there's still a lot of inventory currently on the market. So there is a lot for people to choose from, but they're being a lot more selective about what they're taking their time to actually consider. 
Oh, yeah, there's no doubt that we're going to be coming back and coming back, I think, stronger, but uh, or at least strong and then and building to where hopefully we used to be. But you're right. I mean, with all those things you said, there are people who have to move, need to move, want to move, et cetera, that uh, that will happen. Um, so in, in uh, Sean McPeak, so in, in my case, I don't have virtual tours. I don't have video tours on. Mm-hmm. I think I have it on one property. I'm finding that brokers are calling me and sort of kind of browbeating me into letting them or their clients alone or them together. You know, I've had two conversations so far this week and it's only Tuesday morning. uh, So yesterday with agents who are out of their mind, pushy to get in to see units. And I'm thinking, well, okay, what about what's going on here? Don't you get, are you hearing that as well? Yeah, we've had some, you know, I think that's the one knock on brokers is that sometimes they're in a frenzy. And I think there are some people that are kind of asking us to do things that we're just frankly not allowed to do. I mean, uh, outside of the governor's order, I mean, a lot of buildings, individual management companies are not allowing access, not allowing keys. And even if they are, I mean, do you, I mean, I don't think, I think it would be irresponsible to ride a elevator with a client right now. Uh, You know, who knows what kind of protocols these people are following themselves if they're, you know, asking us to yeah. do something that's effectively illegal right now. Yeah. I mean, we're having, we're having trouble just getting a closing done because the building won't even let movers inside the building. A- absolutely. hundred percent. And like I said, I, I don't even understand. And I push back very nicely on these agents. Like, you know, what is it about today that you don't understand? I mean, if I can do it, believe me, I would. First of all, half the, the agents aren't even in the city. They're all out, you know, God knows where a- a- and buildings won't let us in. Phil Horrigan, so from a freely and a leasebreak.com rental perspective, what are you seeing? Uh, uh, I, you know, I, I read statistics, rental listings are crashing, sales listings are crashing. What is the actual skinny these days on rentals? What's happening? So the number of listings, especially on leasebreak, has exploded because there's this interesting dynamic right now where the law last year, if you remember, now allows people to break their lease a little bit more friendly. In other words, the landlord has yeah. to help the tenant break their lease. And a lot of people don't have a job. And so they're looking to get out of their lease. <laughs> and so I can't tell you how many people are posting on the site. And this isn't just our site. This is yeah. a lot of rental sites that allow postings are exploding. And then on the renter side, I mean, the traffic is just way down. It just is because internships were canceled, jobs were postponed, all those kind of things. So traffic across the city, no question, is way down. Um, So I'm seeing prices come down. I mean, people are offering these crazy deals on their lease. Like they were in a lease, they were paying $6,000. They're asking $5,000 for the last five months. I mean, just whatever they could do, you know. So there's there's a lot of deals to be had. Um, The other thing on on virtual tours, though, it's, it's interesting because pretty much every renter is asking for them. I mean, I see it on the traffic side. So I have a unique perspective because I have thousands of renters emailing on listings all the time. And almost everyone is saying, do you have a video? Do you have a virtual tour? You know, and I do wonder with the transparency of a video, which I know is very low quality often, but there is a lot of transparency there. I mean, you really get an idea of an apartment. I do wonder if going forward, if that's going to change, if renters and buyers are going to be asking for this more often because they're just getting used to it. 
And it really is an yes. incredibly transparent way to see an apartment. Well, I think like everything else, it's going to set a trend. It's going to start some new stuff. I think Jordan March said it before, you know, we have never really been so innovative. I mean, even though we think we are, a lot of our companies think we are, but we really haven't. So I believe that that's going to start a trend. I don't think it's a bad trend. I think it's uh, an assist for people to, you know, when they're supposedly working and busy during the day or in the middle of the night. And if they see something on a video or a virtual that they like, they'll call us the next day. Let's move on to social media. So you will be more likely to stand out from your competitors with a positive message these days on social media. This according to Forbes.com. Practitioners have access to more social media tools than ever before as the market shifts during the coronavirus pandemic. And how we advance our own personal businesses and brands, and you, know, you can't underscore brands uh, better than that, uh, once this is over, will depend on the quality of the message. Niall Lundgren, you're terrific on social media. So what do you think about these days when you're posting a real estate or are you posting real estate listings or anything related to real estate on social media? Yeah, so that's a, it's a great question. I've actually uh, pivoted just a little bit during this time. I mean, I have my, my real estate business. I have listings and contract, but I do have uh, an upcoming uh, reality TV show on Bravo that I've been uh, putting a lot of energy into on, on social Next media. Next week, people. Next week, May 4th, so six days from now. So I've been putting a lot of energy in that. Uh, Bravo and NBC, they kind of have uh, quite the uh, juggernaut of uh, you know, resources at our disposal. So I've been, I've been pivoting a little bit, and I think it's a great time for me um, to diversify. So just exciting that it's coming out um, at this time during the, during the pandemic. But in general, um, positive messages are always important, I think. Um, what's important is for you to understand who your ideal uh, customer is or who's following you um, and to make sure that you're creating content for that person. Um, so, for example, if uh, you're a positive person, um, but people and you're in real estate, but people really like the photos of you doing more lifestyle stuff, then you want to create like an 80-20 rule where 20% is real estate, where 80% is, is more lifestyle. Um, it, too much real estate, I think, you know, everyone does the you know, honored to sell this home, you know, uh, that's very common. So you got to find out what, um, looking at the analytics of your posts, what people are actually um, liking and not liking. I can tell you that on my real estate posts, you know, I don't get, if I do a picture of a listing that I have, um, the, the feedback or the likes, you know, aren't very too high compared to if it's more of a lifestyle shoot of me walking to, from, to or from a listing in a suit. So it really depends on who's, who's following you and to really look at, um, the metrics. But I think in general, uh, the most important thing is always having a, a positive and uplifting message like that, like that Forbes article mentioned, because it just shows that, you know, you're somebody that other people would want to be around and do business with. And it shows that you're confident that, you know, we will come back. Wheezy, what are your thoughts on social media in the 30 seconds we have before break? I just, you know, I kind of live in the solution of positivity. And, um, and I think that that becomes um, in itself, your brand of attraction instead of promotion. So I have never been one that's big on push, push, push me or real estate. It's really about living and being and owning who I am and attracting the right chemistry for that. Uh, by the way, before we go to break, Weezy, is that Montauk behind you? It is sunshine. Oh, I love it. All right, we got to go to break. Stand by. We're live uh, on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. I'm Vince Rocco. We're coming back for segment four right after these messages. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. 
We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Every Saturday morning, listen for the Superstar Sports Talk Block on Voice America Variety. We've got the best programs. If you want to talk football, hunting, outdoors, racing, and more, the weekends belong to sports. And you'll find it every Saturday beginning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time. You'll hear from the players, owners, experts, and fans from around the world. It's the Saturday Superstar Sports Talk Block. Wow, that's a mouthful. And it's only on the Voice America Variety. Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand, all from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. You 
are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back to segment four with the group. So let me ask all of you, what do you think about the U.S. Uh, real estate, U.S., and then take it down to the New York, uh, New York City real estate market uh, and its recovery? I mean, no matter who we talk to, whether they're company heads of ours, friends of ours, colleagues, sellers, buyers, everybody has a different opinion. Pretty much consistent, though, that at some point it will come back. So, Ari, let me ask you um, – you're very busy in, in, in real estate, big team, as we discussed before, lots going on. What is your impression of how we climb out of this in the next, I don't know, three to six months? Or do we? Um, so I, I guess I'll answer it in two different ways. The first is I'm, I'm a very positive, optimistic person. So I think everything's going to be fine. I think the market's going to be fine. And I think that we as human beings tend to make things out to be worse than they actually are. So... I think we're going to be okay. That's the first thing I'd say. And then the second thing I would say is, I think if you're an honest thinking person right now, you have to be frank and candid, which is, I have no effing clue. Uh, it's too complicated. There's too much going on. There are too many factors at play. I, there are you know, municipal regulations, state regulations, stock market, real estate market, health issues. I mean, I'm not an epidemiologist. I mean, there's so much going on right now. You know, if, if you look at the way that economists attempt to predict the future and attempt to predict markets and you look back at how incredibly unsuccessful they are in normal times, now you layer on the complexity of a pandemic. I think the answer is none of us really know how it's going to play out. Um, but I think the bottom line, as Katie said earlier, and a couple people have alluded to, is the fact that, you know, life still goes on. People have babies. People get divorced. People sadly pass away. They move. They get relocated. You know, life will go on and real estate will continue and people will have needs. Um, and, you know, New York City is a very unique market in the sense that it's a very well capitalized affluent home ownership base. So you're not going to see fire sales. You know, um, there's been a lot of discussion of people, you know, bidding 20, 30 percent off asking prices and it's sort of dead on arrival. Um, I think we're going to be fine. And I am also very positive about New York City. I think people are really scared about who's going to ride the subway and, you know, how are we going to have restaurants or whatever. It's going to be fine. In, in six months, nine months, 12 months, people will have forgotten half of this because we have short term memories. That is very true. Anybody else want to expand on that? Yes. I, I just want to just state also having lived through 30 years of whatever the process was from the dot com from September 11th, that human nature is pretty predictable. And that one of the things that other parts of the country don't have the same situation as New York is only 38% of New York is available to even be bought. And that in itself, we have to remember um, that we have led the rise after the Great Recession, and also we have led the decline. You can hear about in Portland, Oregon, and Nashville, Tennessee, I mean, growth in Nashville was up 13%, almost 13% last year, whereas New York was like, what is going on? So we are almost four years in front of the rest of the nation. So I think that they're going to have a more impactful elongated recovery than we will and we will end up leading as it has been historically for the last three decades the rest of the country 
All right, moving on. So quarantine life, we're all about six, seven weeks into it, all various uh, different degrees of, of captivity, so to speak. Uh, I feel like, you know, um, I'm back to where I was raised, so I feel like I never left. Again, how quickly we forget things. What is everybody's impression on, uh, on quarantine? How you doing? I might have to go surfing. The water is 40 degrees, but I'm watching like 60 people on Saturday in the water. And my I know, I know. I'm going to have to bite the bullet. It's a bit of a problem, Vince. Actually, I am having a little bit of a COVID vacation. I'm reading books again. I'm sleeping seven hours a night, which is double what I was usually. I'm working out twice a day. I'm doing a little work amongst all that, too. It's going to be hard to get back to my normal routine. I'm a little frightened for myself. I, I, Not I, bad. I, I, doesn't I, suck. I, I agree that with sounds that. sounds good. Yeah. That sounds healthy. And the golf courses are opening up again tomorrow. Praise the Lord. I have driven over four <laughs> hours round trip, the closest open golf course, three times in the past uh, eight days. So, yeah. Eddie Thurber, what are you doing to keep sane? I mean, I don't think I've ever cooked this much in my entire life. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's, I have to, I'm on a soup cleanse right now. I'm doing an Ayurvedic reset um, for the next oh, week. God. Perfect. I know. <laughs> I'm getting double meditations in. I'm cooking at least two meals a day. Um, I'm pretty happy. I can't complain. You know, it's Jordan nice. Shea. What's happening? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm being in nature as much as possible. I find that uh, sunshine, vitamin D just creates like a positive like mindset and uh, reading and, and watching films and just sort of catching up with people that I've forgotten years and years ago. And everybody's <laughs> grateful, of course, and clients are all just normal human beings so i'm having instead of you know 30 second catch-up calls they end up lasting an hour because everybody's just so stark raving bored oh yes between all these zoom calls and this call and that call it's craziness and and clients in the middle of it all phil horrigan what's happening on your end a lot more family time uh see these these two little guys up here uh i see we potty trained the younger one we, pot we potty trained the younger one because a little, like, probably months before we would have because we were all stuck together anyway. We might as well just potty train him. So, yeah, potty train, uh, just Fill doing a lot of school, school work. All right, listen, I got I to gotta yeah, end right. it right there. Unfortunately, we are out of time. But on a programming oh, note, great. our Kyle Lundgren is premiering on Bravo May 4th at 10, p 10, a 10 mm -hmm. p.m. next week, Monday, in the show called Camp Getaway. We're proud of him. We can't wait to see it. It's been a long time in the works. Uh and like everything else, uh, the show must go on. So we're waiting to see that now. That's going to be a great thing. That is our broadcast for today. Thanks for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Vince Rocco. Stay home, stay safe, stay in touch. And for every reason out there these days, be kind to one another. Jordan, this is for you, Jordan Shea. Keep your eye on the stars, but keep your feet on the ground. Ooh. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Good luck and be well. For all of us at Voice America, all around the world, Thanks for joining us, and we will all see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.